right to the roots podcast welcome 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 to episode 10 of right to the roots podcast uh we had a little issue earlier on where we actually called episode nine um episode nine which should have been episode eight but we fucked that one up <laughs> so here we are on episode 10 uh and it's a big one this time round. Yeah, uh, i'm really so excited uh, as a big tv and film fan and uh, and someone i was really excited about getting on why don't we just introduce you straight away mr scott Schiaffo, the correct uh, pronunciation <laughs> That is correct, Scott Schiaffa. How you guys doing, man? All good, so all good. And yourself? Very good, very good. Excellent stuff. I see you've got your guitar to hand. I do. You know, I'm in my uh, home project studio, and mm. it's for me, that's just like, it's heaven. You know, there's instruments all over the place and gear. I'm I'm kind of a gearhead, you know? Oh, okay, excellent. Okay, is that something you've done for, for a long time, uh, like a, a pet sort of project or a, a hobby or...? Well, in all honesty, I'll give you a quick rundown of the deal with me. Uh, Music came first from childhood. I've been playing guitar since I'm like 10, 11 years old. And music was my real first love and passion. Film is a close second, that's for sure. Um, It wasn't until my late 20s that I dove into film acting pretty heavily Hmm. after doing a lot of club gigs and like 10 years of studio work and music. Some things had happened in the, in the musical projects I was a part of that put them on hold. It's common knowledge, if any, not common knowledge, but anybody who knows much about me knows I had a good 15, almost 20 years of pretty heavy duty alcohol and drug abuse. So uh, my life was crazy for a lot of years. So I kind of simmered off of music because I was destroying the band that I was in with the drinking. Yeah, I had yeah. to let them go and they had to let me go. It was very hard because um, I he was my Jack Fellers and Dave Biglin, uh, two phenomenal musicians. Uh, they were my partners. They were my songwriting partners for years. But I was destroying everything with the drinking. So I was out. And in my mind. I I sobered up for a little while and I thought, let me get back into my acting because I could probably stay sober long enough to get a gig, do the gig and not mess it up. I didn't want to bring down another bunch of guys because when you're in a band, if you're the wink link, you're screwing a lot of people, you know? So that was the thinking, which is crazy because obviously if I were to drink on the day of a film shoot, I would ruin a film shoot, but thankfully that never happened. I was able to keep it together long enough to get through the film projects, which was nice. But um, so that's a bizarre story about how I actually went from like all music guy. I mean, I've always loved film and acting. I did a lot of it in college and whatnot, but it wasn't until my late twenties that I took character acting on film uh, seriously as, as a result of this. And I was super lucky. One of the first things I auditioned for was Kevin Smith and clerks. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You delve straight into uh, uh, the the background history for uh, for yourself there. I have to ask before we sort of move into clerks and other bits like that, you said, obviously you, you dealt with, with say, I, I, I would guess a form of alcoholism. Um, are you still 
uh, processed and that sort of stuff now? Or is it something that you can have a drink and it's not an issue and that doesn't really affect what you do uh, with regards to your music and, and acting and so on? Well, I'm, I'm sober from alcohol 16 okay. years. Alcohol, no, no, alcohol is the one ultimate no-no for me that was... I mean, I was addicted to everything. Let's put the record straight. I mean, I was an alcoholic and a serious drug fiend, all rolled up in the one. Yeah. Uh, but it was the alcohol that became the dominant, primary, very destructive, uh, active addiction for me as the years went on. So to answer your question, no, I, don't, I haven't had a drink in 16 years. Um, I don't do anything illicit. I'm not an angel. I do have a lot of pain as I'm getting older. I have a doctor that I do pain management with. So I allow myself some things that some people may not allow in when they're in recovery. But yeah. my main thing was alcohol and it's at bay, thankfully. Uh, and again, this isn't for everybody. I know there's a lot of people who get into recovery and if they take anything that um, is too much of a mood or mind altering thing, you end up running right back to your main addiction. But for me, thankfully, that's not happening. So a long-winded way of saying, no, I don't drink, but I'm no angel. Uh, don't, none of us are, man. <laughs> none of us are. <laughs> I can't imagine. I mean, life is too insane and the pain is too great to not manage it with a little help from my doctor once in a while. Because I have a lot of, I have sciatica. I'm actually, this is crazy to share this right now, but I was a little concerned because. Um, Probably within a couple of weeks, I'm going to go in for another hernia surgery. Right. And sitting in certain positions is really difficult. And last night I ended up with a lot of pain and I thought, oh, man, I got to find a chair that's better for tomorrow's podcast or else 10, 15 minutes into it, I'm going to be doubled over in pain. So, it's a, you know, it's always something. But again, I'm very thankful for how things have panned out for me. I'm I'm doing OK and uh, I'm very blessed to have the things in my life I do have. And thank you for having me on. Oh, thank you for man, coming don't, on. Don't yeah. thank, thank you for coming on. And thank you for kind of finding a comfortable chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. That, uh, I, you know, I really do appreciate the efforts um, considering we're a, you know, we're in an you know, independent and small podcast yeah. realistically. So it's, it's nice to have someone uh, putting in the effort for us. So thank you, man. I appreciate that. Where, where are you centralized right now? You're not in London, are you? No, I'm at, uh, so I, I'm from London, uh, but I live roughly around 45 minutes to an hour outside in a county called Essex. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I live on the coast. Uh, it's a place called Southend-on-Sea, you know, rolls off the tongue. Okay. <laughs> <It's> Jersey Shore. <laughs> it's, I, uh, I, love, I love all things uh, England since I'm a child. You know, I grew up with the Beatles and the Stones, and then in the 80s we had The Cure. I mean, some of the greatest music ever came from your from your uh, country. And so I've always been a huge uh, fan of anything British Monty Python. Mm -hmm. I got to go mm -hmm. to London a few years ago for MC uh, MCM uh, comic con. A bunch of us from clerks came it was the greatest week, five day weekend ever. I got to see London. I got to see Abbey road, all of that. Amazing. Ah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed that. Um, the, the fans in the UK can be rabid, man. They're uh... There's a lot of passion for, for, for things, especially from outside the UK as well. Yeah, I found that to be very true. I, it's my first time outside of the States doing a con. Um, 
And man, like it was wonderful. The amount of uh, folks that came through the, came through to our tables and spent some time with us uh, to know that you're touched people's lives in other parts of the world. You kind of get an idea that of course, if films are big, they go everywhere, but until you're there and you meet the people, it doesn't really hit home. And it's wonderful. You know, again, I've been very blessed to have been part of that film, you know, because at the time it was really just a, uh, a super low budget shot in the dark for everybody, for Kevin as well. No, man, it's uh, it's Clerks is a, a, a wondrous film anyway, but uh, something I resonate with very well. Just to, to touch on the location, by the way, because it all sort of adds into one. Jason's not from uh, this area. Yeah, I'm from a little place called Corby in Northamptonshire, which is in the Midlands. I'm a couple of hours away. I'm just down visiting Dan for a few days. Um, came down yesterday, uh, here today, leave tomorrow. Um, this is the first time we've recorded, well, not, we did one earlier, but this is the first time we've recorded podcasts in the same room. Usually, obviously, we're on. Zoom oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's cool. I mean, technology allows us to do such awesome things. Yeah, you know, like uh, you know, you could podcast around the world at almost any time. I mean, that's mind blowing. I, you know, I'm I'm an old man. I grew up in the '60s and '70s. I love technology. I'm a computer geek, more or less, <laughs> but. Um, it's amazing what, I mean, if you would have told me in the eighties and nineties that what the future held as far as technology and the power that it would have just my studio overnight went from analog to all computer. And, uh, you know, the, the possibilities were endless and it was like, like a third of the gear, even less, you know, it used to be big clunky, compressors you could you can't really see it from there but there's a whole rack of gear which i love gear anyway but with just a computer and a a good interface i had like you know i had like the most amazing studio at my fingertips it was mind-blowing to me it's amazing what you can do with with uh with certain tech uh i mean with regards to the podcast i used to podcast with a friend of mine and we had all the proper kit everything you need but we never really amounted to much because we you know we weren't really getting the time now i've got one fucking solo microphone and a macbook yeah and everything seems to be in place so it's it's amazing what yeah. you can do with with um not only a certain budget right uh, but the tech available to you and to to sort of segue now back into where i was going beforehand so you know jason coming down and, and spending time with me and us getting to record together rather than being on zoom and to have you involved as well uh, we're both big kevin smith fans um so it was nice. Anyway, we, we've got connections through other things, but it was nice that we not only are Kevin Smith fans, big fans of Clerks and all the rest of it, but then to have you on board as well. This is quite a nice special moment, really, because you get to have that 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 real connection, not only with regards to the films, but you know you've, you've been very open so far. It's it's lovely, man. Um, what I was going to tell thank you. Uh, so with regards to to your introduction, I guess into film. Um, where was it you got the news that, that Clerks was, was being filmed? So was it word of mouth and you thought, oh, fuck, I can go and audition for this? Or was it friends of friends, you know, or, or was there a big advertisement for it? Or Well, no, back then, again, that, that was at a time where there was, you know, there were no smartphones, no internet. Certainly the internet was in its infancy. Not many people had home computers connected to the internet in the early 90s. It was still 
uh, old school trade papers. If you were an wow. actor or a musician, you were looking for a gig, you followed the trade papers and there were audition notices for various mm-hmm. projects, whatever it was. And Kevin had put a notice in a paper because I'm an hour and a half away from those guys. I'm northern New Jersey. They're the Jersey Shore. They're about an hour and a half. Um, So but back then, somebody filming a movie in New Jersey was not at all common like now. You know, now you throw a rock and you hit somebody making a movie. But uh, back then it wasn't that way at all. So I said, wow, there's somebody filming in New Jersey. I have to get to this audition. And like I said, I had just gotten back into the acting thing after being a hardcore musician for like most of my life until that point. So, and acting wasn't new to me. I had done uh, a lot in college and I had my headshots and I had done some small things along the way, but music was my number one thing. But I I saw the notice and I said, I got to get to that audition. And I went down and I don't know if you know any of the history, but they did two nights at a small theater down there in the Atlantic Highlands. And you didn't read from the script. You came with a prepared monologue, which was standard that's a standard thing kind of, uh, or was for a long time. Um, sometimes you're asked to read from the script cold. Many times you're asked to come in with something prepared. And that was, uh, you know, we did something prepared. So I did my monologue and I didn't think I did very well. And that's usually the case. And the ones I think I did great, I don't hear anything. And then the ones that I didn't think I did so well, thankfully the phone rang a few days later And they said, hey, you know, we'd like you to come back this time and read from the script. So then, it, uh, you know, got a little more serious and uh, it was in a different location. And uh, I got to read from the script, the actual truly scene. And it went really well. And they offered me the role. And that was that. The rest is is uh, independent film history. But we were blessed with the independent film gods because that film continue to snowball to this very day has become across generations and across different cultures and pretty mind blowing and just a beautiful, beautiful gift. You know, you could, that's not something you can really plan out for at all whatsoever. That's incredible, man. I I remember when I first, uh, I first saw Clerks because I watched all the films in a different order. So the first film, I'd seen of Kevin's was James Hunt and Bob Strike Back. Back when back when fucking Blockbuster was still around. <laughs> so yeah. my uh, my old man had taken me out uh for the the weekly like ritual uh visit to Blockbuster, you know, to get a tub of ice cream and pick some films and all the rest of it. And they had it sounds horrible, but they had this bargain bin of 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 DVDs. Oh. And, I was like, and I was like, what the fuck is that? And there's two like guys, one in the backwards cap. And I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Like, I look, you know, I like that look or whatever. I'll read the back of it. I thought this looks fucking funny. Why not? Let's pop it on. And from there, I was like, what is this world? What are these characters? There must be more. And I sort of traced my way back and then obviously found Clerks. Uh, I remember watching it for the first time and resonating with it so much. It's, I'm part of that type of working background, that counterculture stuff where it's like, yeah, fuck customers, all the rest of it. All right, no hockey on the roof kind of stuff. But, you know, <laughs> um, I thought, oh, man, this, I couldn't believe this existed. Uh, I mean, what were your first thoughts when you read the script? Were you, were you like, oh, you know, I, I can identify with this or like, oh, OK, this is this is new. <laughs> That's a really awesome story. I, I really thank you for sharing that, because uh, I, there are lots of folks who are big Kevin supporters 
who sort of came in later in the game and then went backwards, which is what you're going to do. And uh, that's really cool. No, what what happened with the first film, and this is not uncommon on uh, many films, when you are a supporting player and you only have four, five, six pages in the script, you don't get the whole script. You get your pages. They they call them sides, Mm -hmm. like a side of French fries, a side. You get your sides that your character appears on. Yeah. So that's all I knew for a year until the, until he sent us a video copy of the finished first edit. Okay. So then of course I was, I was blown away. I couldn't believe just how insane and how funny and how much heart it had with such filthy language. It still had heart. (laughs) And I was just like, wow. Okay. This is, I, I, I thought it was too edgy to get, any kind of bigger acceptance other than like a real underground hardcore following. Yeah. But yeah, you know, yeah. again, I, we were looking for any kind of, any kind of reaction. You, you know, you want, you know, that's fine. Little cult film, you build whatever it's going to be. It's still mind blowing to me to this day that that film has such wide acceptance because of how um, rough crude, however you want to say it, it really is. But um, so no, to answer the question, Long-windedly, I never got to see a full script of Clerks until I actually saw the finished film. That was my introduction to what the rest of the movie really was. And uh, wow, <laughs> I was just as blown away as everybody else, you know? Was it uh, was it an odd feeling seeing yourself on screen? Yeah, you know, that that is, it's, it's, um, it is a very odd thing. And in the earlier years of my doing this, I would, uh, you know, you'd want to go and make sure sh- you want to check it out. You know, you want to see how it was edited because what's funny is with, with film editing is a huge part of it. Um, unlike theater, you got actors on a stage interacting and acting. That's what you get with editing, especially now with what you could do technology. But even then, I mean, there's a lot of, things that can change in editing that can make things much better, sometimes not for the better. But um, so I would watch and I would try to learn, but it's tough because it's hard to break away from part of it is the ego. You're like, Oh, you know, I'm so critical of myself and Oh, I wish I would have done that part slightly differently. So you're getting really critical, but um, what was really fun my mom was alive at the time and it was playing in New York city. Cause it played at the Angelica for months when it was first released. So we went together and we stood in line. And while we were in line, you know, there was such buzz for the film that everybody in line were talking about the movie, you know, you know, Hey, uh, he shot this in the store while he still worked there and they made it for almost no money. My mom and I are standing in the line, listening to everybody talk about it. And just, we're kind of like smiling and giggling to ourselves. Uh, Cause it was just fun. And, and you wasn't really expecting that. Yeah. Um, but to go and to see it on the big screen with her and to have that live audience react, cause they mm-hmm. really did enjoy it. And they really were laughing it was one of the most wonderful experiences of my adult life without, without, uh, you know, I can't overstate that enough. It was really a, a beautiful gift. 
So, and since then, you know, I, I'm used to trying to separate myself from the finished work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Acting kind of is, uh, I, I love it and it is a passion of mine, but again, music was first and foremost. So making that transition and learning how to uh, uh, be a smart camera actor, because uh, when you act for the camera, it's very different than theater. It's are two different worlds. Uh, I prefer film. I respect theater and I, and I respect the actors who uh, Brian O'Halloran, Dante, mm. He's phenomenal on stage. He's powerful actor on stage, <clears throat> but they're two different worlds. As it's, I, I, I really focused on film. I, when it came to live performance, I would rather be doing something musically than acting on stage. When it comes to acting, I'd rather it be on film. I just love film. Oh, wow, man. It sounds like uh, you've, you've come a long way and you really think to enjoy your craft. Uh, as well and to just to go back on what we were talking about briefly what was your introduction with regards to, to kevin's work uh, so I, I believe the first film i saw of kevin's was dogma um now so i was born in 94 so i was born the year that obviously clerks was released um and yeah um i can't I, nothing like yours it was i believe we just got the dvd when i was younger and um obviously the cast for dogma is insane isn't it you know um Still to this day, I would say Dogma is just, just Pips, my favourite Kevin Smith film for sure, and then and then it's Clerks one and so on and so forth, um, and yeah, oh, I just remember, I just remember loving it every minute of it. I just thought it was brilliant, you know. I, I was I was laughing, I was sucked into the story, you know. I didn't know where it was going, and then just moments that just like blew me away, you know, and I love the fact that God was a woman. I, I don't know why I remember being younger and just thinking that that was really cool. Um, and I remember uh, an RS lesson we had at school, a religious studies lesson. Um, it was one of them uh, lessons where it was like, oh, next week we haven't really got much to do. So we're going to have, uh, we're going to watch a film. And it was like, she was suggesting films like Constantine and a couple of things like that. And I remember Miss, if I bring in Dogma, can we watch it? And her face <laughs> lit up and she went, oh, I love Dogma. And I was wow. like, oh, brilliant. So I brought in Dogma and I remember uh, me and my friend Graham, he massive Kevin Smith fan himself, um, I did media studies with him as well. Um, I remember him just being really excited. Yeah, yeah we're going to watch Dogma at school. It's going to be great, you know? And I remember a couple of times, like there was like a clique of girls at the back of the class. And I remember we having to turn around and go, Shh, watch the bloody movie. Like you'll actually enjoy this. If you just shut up, like, you know what I mean? You'll actually enjoy it. But I remember just um, being enthralled by it. And I remember, uh, I can't remember the name of the, the kid. I think it was Steven. I remember him coming up to me afterwards and being like, I'm really glad you brought that in. I've never seen a Kevin Smith film. And I was like, Oh mate, you've got to watch this. You've got to watch that. You got, you know what I mean? Check these out. Um, and then I remember getting the, uh, I remember buying the, I think it was the 15th, it might have been the 10th anniversary, yeah, the, ten, uh, the, the box ten. set for Clerks. Yeah, the black um, box. Black yeah. box, three discs. Um, and I, I was absolutely in love with that. I watched so much of that, watched extra features and so on and so forth. And then another friend of mine, uh, Jordan Cameron, he's he's also, again, another big Kevin Smith fan, movie file. Um, and I remember reluctantly, but like happily giving him that, as a birthday present before he like, I think he was heading off to college and I was heading wherever and he was going to be moving out of the town. And it was like a parting gift. 
And I just remember being like, if anyone deserves it, it's Jordan, you know. Um, but yeah, that that was my introduction uh, to Kevin Smith. It was Dogma. Um, I'm not actually sure what I would have saw next. I think it probably would have been Jane Silent Bob Strike Back and then Clerks, Chase and Amy, more rats, so on, you know. Um, right. And then we actually... We uh, we first met in 2011 at a music festival, metal music festival called Sonosphere. And um, we stayed in contact through uh, like Xbox and, <laughs> and Facebook, so on and so forth um, uh, for years. And we we had spoke for years, became really good friends, but we hadn't actually seen each other since the festival. And when uh, Jay and Silent Bob the re- uh, reboot came out, we arranged to to meet up and go and see it in London with Kevin Smith. Um, oh, what was awesome. the place? I can't remember the name of the place. Uh, Genesis Theatre in Bethlehem. Yeah, they do quite a lot there. Um, so it was the first time in, when was that? It was late 2018? It was November, wasn't it? It was a, I think I had too many drinks. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember. A few months, a few months before the pandemic properly struck. Um, right yeah yeah so yeah we met up in London uh he's with his uh fairly new girlfriend at the time and um <laughs> yeah, she was what it was what about, about a year or so that. yeah about that um about yeah and obviously getting to see this brand new film you know we, we're obviously we're so hyped for it the reboot and being in in the theater with Kev and just being like, wow, this is because I've never experienced anything like that. I've never been to a, like a, a film where, you know, the creator's actually there and uh, we're going to get a Q&A and we're sat right in the front row and loving it. Oh, awesome. um, That's awesome. And it's I noticed that something bled through um, when we watched the reboot. Um, the theatre experience, the cinema experience in America is kind of different than it is here in the sense of um, like with action films and stuff. I remember watching an illegal rip of Alien versus Predator when I was younger. And it was filmed in an American American cinema. And the audience will cheer for things. Like there'll be a fight scene and like people are picking sides and cheering the fight scenes and this, that and the other. And obviously in the UK, that doesn't happen as much. Obviously people laugh, you know, comedy is comedy. Everyone's going to laugh. But there was something that happened that I I thought was really magical um, when we were watching the reboot with Kev. Um, was we were kind of naturally cheering people when they came up on, you know, when they their first appearance <laughs> in the movie. And we were like whooping for them and cheering for them. And it just felt, it, it's, I don't think I'll ever replicate that cinema experience. You know, it, it just felt special. And it was good to be with a friend that I hadn't seen in so long. And yeah, it was just, it's just something that I know will resonate with me for the rest of my life. You know, it was just really sure. nice experience. And yeah, I, I think um, I think a lot of Kevin Smith fans will have that that sort of affinity with his movies. They there'll always be a story to tell or an experience with a friend that they've got that revolves around something to do with one of his films. Um, and I think, like you said, you know, with the low budget start that Clerks had, um, I think he's a very his career has been very unique in that sense. There isn't many filmmakers that's, I mean, there, there's a few, you know, people, James Gunn or whatever, start in trauma and work their way up, you know. Um, but the the following that he gained so early on, 
the hardcore fans that have stayed all the way and the ones that have, you know, joined in here and discovered earlier stuff. I think there's something so unique about that fan base that it's like um, Dan mentioned the other day. It's like when you go to a, a metal festival or something and, and you just, you feel at home, like you, you're nodding at everyone. Everyone's into the same stuff as you and you feel that affinity with people. And I think Kevin Smith films have that. They have that sort of, if they're a Kevin Smith fan, you know what you're going to get with them. You know what sort of comedy they're into. You know how to chat to them. You know that it's just something about that 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 brings people together. And yeah, I just think that's. I just think it's really special. I think it's really cool. And I'm so blessed to be spending some time with you. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. You know, it's it's oh, something that really you know goosebumps. You know, what I mean, it's it's just something <laughs> that feels really nice. Don't don't feel special. It. He fucking gets out when he talks to me. So like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I could be no, watching. No, listen, man, it, it's very cool. I totally get it. I, you know, I'm a fan. All actors and musicians, no matter how successful they get, most I don't want to say like I know. Yeah, of course. Everything, but we get, we're all, we all start off fans. I'm still a fan. I'm a huge fan of a lot of things, you know. And that is a great feeling, you know, to connect with other uh, like-minded individuals, whether it's yeah. Kevin Smith fans or you know, Black Crows or the Beatles mm, yeah. or whatever it might be, or, you know, um, Scorsese movies. I mean, I love um, the fact that what, what you what you were bringing up with Kevin's uh, career and the fan base, tech, when we were talking about technology earlier, mm. technology has a lot to do with his fan base and his career success because the internet began to become a big, big thing that he got on board yeah, very amazing. early. Not yeah. a lot of other film people did. And yeah. that's a lot of, you're familiar with Ming Chen from comic book. Oh yeah, Men, of course. Right? Yeah. That's why Ming is such an important part of the view universe. Cause Ming ushered in all of the uh, technology that Kevin would embrace the message boards and the original old time uh, internet sites that uh, the fan base was building on behind computers all those years, you know? So it's really has been an amazing thing to be a part of and to watch myself because it um, speaks to such a new and different way music, mm -hmm. film and technology has gone since I was young. And the, you know, the things I grew up with in the 60s and 70s and even the 80s is so archaic now. Some of the 90s, I guess, still is a little might considered, uh, you know, pre uh pre-technology boom really in the early 90s but um yeah man it's a great feeling i, I i've i've uh we screened the reboot a few different places here in new jersey and yeah people were flipping out when people were just you know hitting the screen and it's such a nice thing to see i i've become pretty close to brian o'halloran who plays dante and my uh well she's my wife to me she's my common law wife uh, we were at the reboot and when, when Dante came on screen, the place really went nuts and really, and it was such a nice feeling for me knowing Brian so well, uh, a little bit of a full circle moment. Like he, he really deserved that, you know, cause Dante really is the first real character. I mean, everybody like yourselves finds it backwards in a sense, but it all started with Dante. If you know what I mean, like the universe, the, the viewers yeah. universe yeah. kind of starts with Dante and then it actually starts 
somebody pointed this out to me to Q&A, like the first two characters you ever meet in the Kevin Smith universe is Dante and the Chulies guy. Yeah. Yeah. Think yeah. about it. And I was like, wow, that's true, isn't it? I never looked at it that way. But it, it all grew from there. But um, yeah, it, it, it's an amazing thing. And it's really great to get to talk to guys like yourselves who are into it. And, you know, we're a zillion miles apart, but yet, you know, we, we can connect on, on uh, Silent Bob. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's an awesome feeling. And just what you were saying there about, you know, the two, I guess, OG characters, if you want, for, for the, yeah, the right viewers' universe, the you know, of the, the, universe. the Julie's yeah. guy and, 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 and Dante's character, they're polar ends of the scale. When you think about it, one, one guy, you know, fucking stuck in a deadbeat job is, is fuck the world and all the rest of it, and the other guy's there trying to make a dollar. You've got the businessman. And 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 the other end of it, and it's it's quite cool. I never really sat and thought about it to be honest. You just watch, you know, watching the films, and you think, oh yeah, this is funny. This, you know, this is going to happen. Yeah. This is going to happen because you're so familiar with it. But it's it's funny to sit back and think about it, and I think whether Kev did it intentionally or not, he's shown both sides of the 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 scale there. If you want, that's true. I happen. He um. You know, that the truly scene, I was very fortunate to get that role because if you were a character actor or if you didn't get one of the lead roles, that was really the juicy role to have because it was written in a way, it was purposely written to be very memorable. Yeah. So because it opens the movie, it starts the action, it gives you an idea of how crazy it's going to get. I mean, the uncut, the original actor, uh, the original director's edit is even more lunacy. It's just the two crazy full shots. The, the, the ranting goes on a little longer in the uncut, but um, it was a real blessing to get that role because of the nature of the fact that that character was going to stand out. And what really has uh, been nice for me is over the years, because the fans are so into it, they really embrace it. Yeah. But you know, the gum guy's kind of a horse's ass. He's not a nice guy. He's not a cool guy. He's not a guy you're supposed to like. But yet the fans have been very nice to me. Like, they don't <laughs> look to me as villainous in a sense. Yeah. You know, because really, the gum guy's an asshole, you know. <laughs> but um, it's nice to still be embraced either way. But, uh, and you know, this summer, Clerks 3, yeah, and man. a lot of fun, crazy stuff happening. Everybody comes back for really wacky, fun cameos you know it was a w wonderful to i never dreamed that it would go that much full circle the way it has you know I, i'm sure you guys are gonna love it i can't uh i personally can't wait but it it's funny how um uh, you know kev's in his own words getting all his old toys out again as he quite rightly said and getting to play again and you know during the the build-up to the reboot I was fucking tweeting Kev. We've had some conversations over the years, Kev and I, luckily, and um, and in person. So, you know, I'm very thankful for that. But there was a period of time where uh, the actor's name, is it Diedrich Bader? Yes. 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 That's correct pronunciation for his name. I didn't know what was going on with the reboot or who Kev was going to have in it. And there were these weird tweets going backwards and forwards about, about fucking Diedrich Bader. And I'm just like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to hashtag this and type this in. And then he's retweeting it. Then Kev's retweeting it. All of a sudden, there's these weird messages flowing. It's like, yeah, did you want a part of the film? And I was like, fuck yeah. I think I've brought it into existence. I was like, yeah, this is cool. I felt like you had to play the part. I feel like I had a couple I, of cards. I got, I got to play cards. God. I got, I, <laughs> I got to play God for a moment. I was like, please put him in the film. Yeah. Please, please bring him back out to play. 
That's um, fabulous. But it's 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 funny, man. How it's all it's all coming about. I mean, if the viewers universe finishes with Clerks Three, as, as much as I don't want to say it, I would be a happy boy because it's where it starts, and I want Kev to make films forever. But if it's where it finishes, then fuck me, so be it. Because it's a, it's poetic, it's poetic justice to go from that that humble beginning to all the way through it and have Clerks Two in the middle. Yep. And to have Clerks 3 be the, the maybe maybe the final to that part of it. Uh, sure. Yeah, be a cool way to, to see it out, man. Um, I can't wait to see Clerks 3 personally. Yeah, um, it's gonna be so good. I feel bad. It's, <laughs> it, it's odd over the years. I've become somewhat of a of a, a weepy cinema <laughs> goer. I've, I never used, you know, I never used to get sentimental, but I, I don't know if it's been, since meeting Kevin getting to have the conversations with him and then growing some I know, like extra affinity with the characters and merging in the conversations I've had with him over the years. I, I, I was watching Reboot and I remember seeing Affleck come on the screen and I was like, no, hold it in, don't cry. This isn't right. You can't do that now. I mean, it couldn't be the beer, I don't know, but I was just like, oh, oh God, what's happening? It's, it's- I, can, I, I can relate to that. I mean, I, I know I'm probably a good chunk older than you fellows, but uh, as time goes by, I'm you know, music, uh, certain songs, mm. I could have me weeping, uh, film scenes. That's good. I mean, that touches us in a good way. That's, that shows that, you know, the art is communicating in some kind of, yeah, uh, absolutely. you know, an impactful emotional way. And it's not just washing over you like, you know, a lot, a lot, and a lot of entertainment does. And that's what the goal of a lot of entertainment is either to take your mind off something for an hour and watch a fun movie or whatever it may be. But when it, when you get touched, whether it's by music or a film or a great book, you know, that's like what, that, that's like being alive. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like that, that, that reminds you that you're alive and that you're finite and that you better make the most of every day. And just tell people who you love, you love them today. Cause you don't know what tomorrow brings. And it makes us feel more alive, I think, you know, and, Kevin somehow found a way to tap into that early on. You know, he uh, he gets a lot of um, flack for certain things that I think are the reasons why he's able to create scenarios and characters that people, a lot of people will identify with. Like you had said, almost anybody, most of us at some point work at a job where we got to deal with the public and it sucks and people suck. And that's like, you know, that's like being a clerk is you got to deal with every backward ass. Right. And, uh, but everybody can relate to that because at some point, most people have a similar job experience or life experience where they could really relate to Dante, you know? Oh man, don't, don't I fucking know it. I'm only I'm only two syllables short of having the same name. So there you go. I'm already Dan. I guess I could be Dante. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I get what you mean. Um, it, it's funny how much you can um, really share, you know, share an affinity with some of those characters. Every character Kev's ever ever had, really, in, including you know the the Chulies Gum guy, um, Don Dante's um, romantic interests, if you want, all those types of things. They're they're all real scenarios. They're all real types of characters. None of that fake bullshit you always see where it's like, oh, this is over the top characters. Is this or that? They're real to life people. You've got the guy with the suit tie and the, and the bag trying to sell something or peddle his wares. You know, you, you, you've right. got a humble clerk. You've got all those types of people and they're 
a- anyone can can resonate with those characters man it's um it's it's crazy i went i wanted to ask you actually uh to not to digress i guess but kev's known for those moments you know where he he, he gets to talk to you and and you've been kevin smith as i like to call it you know he, he loves to talk and he likes to to get to get deep and emotional and, and um and uh, to the point, did you did you ever uh, have a Kevin Smith moment where you got to have that type of conversation with him where you just get lost in it? Well, you know what? Last summer, they opened the uh, the new Smart Castle in New Jersey, hmm. where they're doing live a lot of live pods. And that first weekend they opened, they had a bunch of different shows, and he invited a bunch of us down. And he was doing a show that he was calling Clerks Two clerks t-o-o meaning clerks too and the nature of that podcast was to speak to uh all the different people that were involved in that first movie and how it touched their lives because quite frankly all of our lives were never the same from there not Mm -hmm. to sound super dramatic but it was a game changer for everybody in the sense that it put us all on the map as actors, as Kevin as a director and a writer, uh, as the cinematographer. Uh, you know, you, you you were put on the map now professionally. And that was a beautiful, amazing thing that you're not promised. You know, you could work at this for years and maybe never get that. So that was the nature of the podcast that he's creating. And they had me on because that's, again, the clerks, uh, the Chulies guy is the first guy you kind of meet. So it was Brian and I on that podcast and it was about an hour and a half, two hours, but it was the longest I had gotten to sit down and talk with Kevin in decades, really. And it was uh, as odd as it is. It was in front of a live studio, you know, live audience. And um, we were talking very deeply about our lives personally and how the movie affected us from the time it was shot right up into today. So I guess, yes, I've had a very, poignant uh i've been kevined or whatever you know yeah yeah, i you know um because it's very emotional for me because it's such a big part of my life you know it really is Uh, professionally and personally it was a big turning point and big part of my life so uh yeah uh but he brings that out like you said that could happen with anybody or not with anybody but with uh with people that are familiar with his work or People who are, you know, getting into a Q&A, next thing you know, you're in a really deep place. He, one thing about him, I'll say, he never went a showbiz route. Mm -hmm. So he stayed very real and very down to earth, no matter how big or small things got for him. Yeah. And people really relate to that. You know, um, he never became uh, like a showbiz character. You know, I, I, he's very, very real. And even though Kevin Smith, the guy we know, is, is I, I don't want to say it's a character, but it's, it's a persona that has been uh, perpetuated over all these years of him doing the Q&As. But he's, it's very real. And that resonates with everybody. You oh, know, I, he's had some hugely successful uh, actors, in his films, you know, he's worked with Bruce Willis, the biggest movie star on the planet, you know. Uh, but Kevin himself remains very much like 
a, a very special entity. He's, he's not uh, he's not in, in, in enshrouded in any kind of show busy thing. You know, he's a very real guy. I would say so. I am um, when you were saying there, you know, any, anyone sort of can experience that. I had one um, experience with him. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get to a point of wrapping up shortly, obviously, because you, you need to shoot as well. So I don't want to keep you for too long. But we uh, a long time ago, I was at the Prince Charles Theatre in Leicester Square in London. And I was with my ex-partner at the time. I'd just gone for a really, really fucking rough week. Um, so this is this is a, a, a memory I hold special for myself. So I, and I always get emotional when I talk about it because not being, you know, not just being a big Kev fan, but I thought, you know, one day I really want to be able to have that conversation with him where I'm looking at him and I'm, I'm being Kevin. You know, I want that. I want to feel what that that is. Like those Silent Bob moments where when he opens his mouth, he's got something to say. And it's so fucking poignant. And you think, you know, I'm I'm listening to that and I'm, I'm so involved with that. And um, I, I rolled up to the cinema. Uh, Kev's outside on his own. I'm walking around the corner with my, my ex. And, and uh, I said, oh, maybe you'll meet Kev. I don't know. He, you know. he likes to hang out. And I had this double bill book of Clerks and Chasing Amy, like the script book. Right. I and I tweeted book, yeah. him a little while ago. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool uh, collector's piece. Um, a friend of mine actually has it now, but. I, uh, I got it for a bargain on the internet and I tweeted Kevin said, oh, I've got this, this book, you know, it'd be cool. Uh, if I see you, I'll show you it. And he was like, yeah, please do. We're walking around to the cinema. There's no one else there. There's just Kev smoking uh, some uh, very special herb, you know, <laughs> and uh, he's just fucking blazing away. And I, I woke up, I was like, that's fucking Kevin. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go up and say hello. Cause we, we, you know, we, we spoke over Twitter and stuff like that, but it's not exactly the same. Sure. I got chatting straight away wearing this this moment he's like oh you've got the book it's you know it's it's you're from the guy from twitter so we get you know we get talking and stuff there's no one else around i think this is fucking surreal i'm having i'm gonna have this moment the points leading up to us going to this event uh it was just a q a at the time or it might have been it may have been the yoga hoses q a oh, okay that's okay what, i think that's what it was because yeah harley was there so it's the yoga hoses q a and um at the time in the week, I dealt with a suicide at work. So I used to work on the railway. Oh boy! Yeah, so I had that. Um, I had well, that. Was was that a co-worker or was that like a pedestrian? A uh, pedestrian. So I sold a lady a ticket, and uh, a, a busy day anyway. Because you deal with thousands of people, so you know, in the nicest way of saying it, you get a little um, blase about it. I guess you know, you're just like there's your ticket. See you later. You know, you can't help it. It's, there's a lot of right. conversations to have in the day, but I noticed something straight away and I thought, fuck, something's not right. Before I could get out, she jumped in front of the train. So yeah, she survived. Oh gosh. Yeah. 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 She survived uh, injuries, wow. and so on, but, um, but uh, incredible, incredible stuff. But we were dealing with that and uh, I've dealt with some other stuff during the, the week as well. And the day after we had the, the lady that comes around to speak about how you feel and all the rest of it on the railway. And I got a phone call. As she came, and it, my mum telling me she was ill, and she said they said they found a lump and all this other stuff, and I thought, oh, for fuck's sake, you know, it's, it's, what else can happen during this week? And so much other stuff had gone on. And I was just really feeling it, and I thought I could do with a break. And all of a sudden, I saw this Kevin Smith ticket. It was like out of the blue, and I, I've got friends at the Prince Charles Cinema, and it was as, you know as if it happens for a reason. Let's just say, and I thought, okay, I'm going to purchase these tickets. There's two front row tickets left. I'll be purchasing those straight away. 
So we got there. I'm telling Kev, and Kev was like, "Oh, so what are you here for?" And I told him the story of all the other stuff that had gone on, and he. <laughs> You know, to his credit, he started weeping and he's really teary. And I was like, Kev, don't fucking cry. I was like, I don't want to cry. I'm crying. I was like, that's not fair. You're Kevin Smith with me. And he was like, I'm Kevin Smith who I want. It was just like <laughs> Kevin Smith whoever. But he gave me this that's big, yeah, it was cool, man. He gave me this big embracing hug and we got talking about his mom and and uh, and, and the stuff my mum was going through and, and all the rest of it. Um, but it's madness to have that moment because it wasn't just about film. We talked about film and everything else, but it was, it felt like forever. And then when we were leaving, I get like a whistle over, like come back over, you know, and like a handshake. Oh, it was really nice to talk to you and stuff like that. And I thought that was cool to have that moment and and get lost in conversation with him, man. And, and um, it made me uh, it, it made me love the the characters and, and so on in the films even more because I thought you know that he's written from a perspective of. They are real people and these are all real situations that can happen. And there's a deep well of emotion there for that man. So no matter how small the part is, whether it's just some guy getting fucking cigarettes thrown at him, being called a cancer merchant, you know, or or, or whether um, it's that moment in Clerks 2 where they're standing there in the prison cell, you know, wanting to open quick stop again and or, or Affleck coming back. There's so much there with Kev, man. It's, it's, um, it's incredible, really. And, you know, and it leads us to things like this, where we get to, you know, talk to people that have been involved in, in that, that type of life, I guess, and, and, and have an affinity with them as well. And it's cool. Yeah, man, it really, it's, it's a very special thing that he, he has, um, the, the viewers universe, the whole, the way that it has fallen into place and the way people find the films and the way people connect like this, or it is really special and, uh, I, you know, there's a lot of amazing uh, filmmakers and artists out there, but there's nobody quite like, you know, not even close, really, in a lot of ways. I mean, he really is very unique in so many ways. You know, I, when I first met him, because I'm older than those cats by, a, you know, five, six, seven years, they were all in their early 20s. I was pushing 30. So I was like the old guy, or I felt that in my own mind anyway. Mm. When I first got to speak with Kevin, not only was he hilarious, like really funny, but he had such a, a command of language. Like it was obvious this guy was a writer. Great with words, very articulate. And I thought, man, we're really in good hands, you know, and uh, but who knew, you know, just how it would blossom and take off. And, you know, he's had some New York Times bestseller books, you know, the guys tackled all the media, too. And he stayed true to himself always. And um, it's an amazing story. And it is a blessing to be a part of it. You know, uh, have you guys ever seen Vulgar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've seen it. I, I, I watched it late one night with uh, with my ex and she was like, what the fuck's this? And I was like, well, yeah. this is your entertainment for the night. So <laughs> this is yeah, what you get. <laughs> It's good, man. It's a good watch. I love it. I have to ask. It, Sorry, go on. No, no, I was <laughs> saying it was wonderful to be a part of that too, which is very, very. That's a that's a love hate film. There's a lot of people yeah. who just can't get behind a lot of what goes on, you know. And it's all the rape, but <laughs> <laughs> that's the sound part we're using for the intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> it's, it's all the rape. That's great. Yeah, that's great. That'll be great. But um, it was uh, another really amazing experience to be a part of another film that was so nuts in its own way yeah and 
bringing back a lot of the same folks, you know, to play different roles. I, I had a great time with that. And that's the first, that I believe is the first film that Kevin plays anybody other than Silent Bob in. Mm. I think that's the first time he plays another character and he's really good. And I thought to myself, damn, I think we're going to see more of him as an actor because he was really good. Just like he was really good in um, the Jennifer Garner movie. Is that Catch and Release? Catch and Release. Catch and Release, right. I was like, wow, he's going to take a turn and we're going to see a lot more of him as an actor because he really came into his own uh, acting in front of the camera, you know, not playing Silent Bob or Kevin Smith. And I was blown away. But um, yeah, Vulgar was wild. Oh, man. uh, (laughs) It's a wild watch. It is. It's a crazy ride. You know, it's not for everybody. Uh, You know, some hardcore fans of Kevin's think they can't get behind it because it's just a little too out there for them. But, you know, that's the mind of Brian Johnson, too, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. He's a pretty wild guy. Yeah. (laughs) Another, he's really, apparently, he's the real life Randall. Well, yeah, there you go. So it's it's all based on uh, on on someone, isn't it? You know, those those types of characters don't just pop out of thin air normally. Not when there's so much involved with each character. There's got to be influence from somewhere else or an outside influence at least. Exactly. Um, Oh man, it's just it's it. It's such a pleasure talking about his work. But again, you know, getting to talk to people that work within that inner circle, and and for me, you still seem as excited talking about Kevin as you must have been when you first worked on clerks you still seem as as excited and still as interested and still as involved as as you may have been then man that's it's it's a real pleasure to see that and it's thanks to guys like you and you know the world over like i said don't worry about them it's just us (laughs) i can't overstate it enough really that as an actor and musician that type of thing clerks changed all of our lives you know and i don't want to make it sound like you know financially i had i struggled but i did okay thanks to having a calling card like clerks i got some steady gigs i got other gigs i got my studio rolling i got uh, to do a lot of really cool indie films and and be paid but i juggled a lot of different things to be able to be an independent artist and to keep music and film and to do it all these years and to not completely starve. The fact that I did it at all is testament to how powerful that film is because I'm only in the movie for like eight minutes, you know? So he once said, it's funny when my book came out many years ago, he did a plug for it on his podcast and he said, yeah, get Shafo's book because he didn't get it. You know, he didn't get squat for the gum guy other than, cocktail conversation bragging rights and i thought that was hilarious because in a lot of ways you know you could have something very successful but it's not necessarily financially stable enough to keep you know the well going um so i i want to say it was a fortunate fortunate thing for my career um that it helped me build a career from that point on so so yeah i mean not a day goes by where the word clerks isn't said to me or by me, maybe, or my wife might say, or, you know, all over social media. I mean, my main, I do a million other projects, but of course 
if it weren't for the Truly's Gum Guy and Kevin Smith, nobody would be looking up Scott Schiaffo, you know? So it's a blessing that you just have to really appreciate. So I do appreciate you guys, and I appreciate everybody who continues to support because I get it now. I mean, uh, you know, I got it all along. I, It's a wonderful universe to be a part of on either side. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's really true. I mean, just because I was in the cast, I appreciate it as a fan, too. And I'm a huge fan of all of his work, most of his work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tusk was hard for oh, me. Oh, you going to say Tusk? <laughs> Tusk was hard for me. It was hard for me because I love... Um, Did you want to be the walrus? Was that it? I, I love Justin so much. He's so... His comeuppance in that movie is so grim. Yeah. That yeah. it's just so hard to... Because it's hard not to love Justin Long, the actor. You know, so like that one was hard to do. Like, oh, my God. You know, like well, how horrible. Like the whole thing was just such a nightmare. Yeah. Like I said, a nightmare I never saw coming from Kevin. Red State blew me away. I, I loved Red State. I thought, oh, my God, he spent 10, 15 years trying to reinvent himself in different ways. And I thought with Red State, mm. he accomplished that. You know, all of a sudden you had this powerful, powerful drama that didn't really have all the Kevin, you know, I mean, now it's a, you could see it's part of his, obviously it's part of his resume. It's not part of the viewers universe, but it was such a, I thought it was a really well done thing. I was just like, Whoa, I thought we were going to get lots of dramas and, and things from him after that, but he kind of steered clear. He he stuck with comedy and it's face face. He's funny as as hell, but um. Yeah, I love all of them. I love yoga hosers. I, I I do. I know a lot of people. There's not a lot. There's a lot of mixed feelings in the fan base over yoga hosers. Like it's a watered down female version of clerks or whatever. But, you know, I, I think there's a lot of sweet, fun stuff in it. Regardless, obviously, I'm so partial. Like, I'm going to get behind anything. I love the guy, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, man, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a pleasure to, to look for that back catalog and think. What the fuck was he thinking with uh, Tusk? But I love it so much. I um I went to a Comic Con over here in the UK and I paid for an autograph. Although I saw Kev and he remembered me from the Prince Charles place and we got talking and stuff. I paid for this this A4 print, really nice glossy A4 print. So I take it up and uh, I asked the lady, oh, can I can I get anything else signed for the money? And she said, no, no, it's, it's 25 or 30 pounds for the, the autograph. And I went, oh, okay, no problem. So as I got up to see Kev and we're chatting again, he's like, hey, it's you from the photo shoot and the other stuff. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no worries. We're chatting away. He signs the, the A4. And I was like, I've got one more thing to see if you'll sign. And I, I, from under my shirt, I whip out the Tusk DVD. And he was like, that fucking film. <laughs> he was like, it's so fucking weird. And the lady behind him says, you, you can't have that signed. And he was like, fuck off. Yes, he can. <laughs> he was like, that's my masterpiece. He was yeah. like, I will sign whatever this young man brings and I was like, I love, I love the enthusiasm for it, man. I just, I think it's, awesome. it's, it's cool as fuck, but look, listen, we've, we've taken up more than enough of your time and I know you've got some things to do. Um, would you, yeah, I gotta get, I gotta get my hernia taken go. care of. Yeah. You need to, yeah, you need to, <laughs> you need to, Walk to go around around my second hernia. That's how you know you're getting old. <laughs> right, well, oh, guys, this, this was wonderful. You catch up with me again in the future. Oh, Maybe when the film. When and the Elvin film comes team. out, yeah, you know, oh, next Elvin summer, team, you have projects and so on and so forth. We'd like right. to come that would be great. Just reach out, reach out yeah. to me anytime on social Thank media. And, uh, 
I appreciate the uh, the time that you spend and all that you've put into the universe because collectively we all put into it really whether you're on the artist side or you're on the supporter side and sometimes that bleeds over a lot of people that were supporters ended up in the films or working on the film doing art for the film being background or whatever so it's really all inclusive that's exactly that's one of the amazing things about kevin long before all inclusive really became more in the social prominence meaning you know now you've got the me too you've got Black Lives Matter, you've got whatever. Uh, Kevin's always, his world's always been all inclusive. Absolutely. And that's a beauty. I think that's that it shows in the fact with guys like yourself and whoever shows up to the films or at the cons, it's everybody from six to 60, all races, ages, colors, sizes, sexual persuasions, religious persuasions. It's an all inclusive trip with Kevin. And it always has been, I think. And I think that's something that was never stated, never had to be stated, but now is very obvious when you think about it. Well, it's yeah, it was lovely to hear such a, a passionate way of talking about that in, in inclusive nature of Kev Man. But um, so we'll we'll let you go. May I ask one favor before you? Sure, before you, absolutely. Would you care to play us out on your guitar, sir, and play oh, sure. from, from your back catalogue because that's what matters most. <laughs> Thank you. Take care of yourself, Scott. We'll talk to you again soon. And good luck with your surgery. Thank you. Be well, guys. You too, man. Thanks, brother. Take care. Take care. See you, man. Well, <laughs> fuck me. Another brilliant episode. Another blinder. Two, two in one day. Who'd have thought it, eh? We're gonna oh, do... well, you're not getting them in one day, but you actually might. You might listen to both in one day. I don't know. We're going to take a year to put this one out. <laughs> just because you can. People are like, oh, that film's been out a while. <laughs> what, what you don't know is we actually need to go back and record episode eight. So you're already in the future. Yeah. So yeah. What, no spoilers. This, this is episode 10. We haven't even called it episode eight yet. So, so, you know. no, no spoilers. In episode eight, we're going to tell you about the failures of episode nine and ten. Well, the fa- numeral the, the, issues. The, 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 only, the only failures is, is us yes. calling it the wrong episode. They're both fucking cracking episodes. As you in know, if you got this far... In all you fairness, we were up till nearly 4am yeah. drinking, so you get what you get. <laughs> you know, well, thanks speaking, again. Speaking of drinking, we're going to go drink coffee. Ooh. You know how it be. Again, once again, um, head over to uh, www.deadskullcoffee.co.uk and you can find yourself 10% off on everything apart from their Thunder branded stuff um, with the code podcast at checkout. And oh. you'll find, yeah, 10% off and delicious coffee. What's not to love? Support oh. local businesses. Well, well it might not be local to you. Small businesses. Yeah, support local podcasts. Yeah. Please, now. Yeah. <laughs> Help. Hit subscribe. <laughs> no, nah, don't. Love yeah, now do it. No, don't. No, do it. Do it. Yeah. Do I it. hate this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really. <laughs> love it. Sorry, just yeah, that had to be said. Yeah. All right, cool. Podcast. Right, we'll take yeah. care. We'll see you for episode 11. Yeah. Peace. Or, or episode 13. Who knows? Yeah. All right. See you in 10 years. Bye. 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 Thank you.